Your life experience, good or bad, is a gift when you share it with others. At Taxi Chronicles, we allow real riders with real stories to share their gift. So hopefully this episode will intrigue, enhance or inspire you. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another episode, another rider. Today we are honoured to have a physio in the house and he's going to tell us all what it takes to be a physio, how he got into it and what motivates him. So nice to have you here today, Rory. How are you? I'm okay. So tell us, when did you first realise you wanted to be a physio and what kind of person were you when you were in school? That's a good question. Uh, so basically I think you decide quite early like I think I decided quite early on so it was uh, around 16 17 years old it's really because your parents go to see one right so that's the way you get exposed to it you know so uh, you get dragged to the office when you're younger (laughs) you're a little bit you know so you get to see how they work, how they treat people, and uh, about 16, 17, you sort of, I sort of realized, well, health is quite an interesting subject, something you want to pursue, and you sort of start going through all your, all your potential options, right? So whether it's uh, physio or nursing or stuff like that, and you just settle on, you know, something that you find, you know, interesting uh and yeah you just go for it you know so long as you, you gotta set your mind to it and carry on so i'm um, both your parents were physios no no but they used to see one used so they used to get one. treated by one so they'd go there for their aches and pains mm-hmm. and drag me along when i was younger mm-hmm. so that's how i sort of became exposed to the whole and you're uh, fascinated yeah yeah, and correct. they probably were happy and bought you a lollipop or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm too traumatized to remember, maybe. So I just don't, I don't, my memory doesn't go that far back. <laughs> now, now your parents get free physio from you. Um, well, my, I'm from Cyprus, okay. so not at the moment because that's where they live. They live in Cyprus. So when I do go back, I'll you know I'll help them out definitely, mm. but. It's quite hard to do it over the phone or, uh, yeah. or Skype. You can advise them. You can advise people over the phone. But, but that's what sort of happened during the lockdown, right? Because, again, it's a quite a hands-on job. But lockdown comes along and you're not allowed to be face-to-face with anyone or everyone's indoors. So we almost had to adapt the way we, adapt the way we worked, which was try and sort of see people via via zoom you know obviously there's it's very limited the things you can do but you can do something you know i think i realized like as long as you can do something to help someone you know even if it's not to your full capabilities it's better than nothing you know mm-hmm. i understand okay. so what have you learned about the physio business that you wish you knew when you had started uh, and it's a grind, but that's like any business. <laughs> you just you start from you got to start from scratch, and you just you got to work your way up. It's slow. It's you know, 
Sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's fatiguing. It's quite a physical job as well, but it's one day at a time, you know. Um, it's not overnight success. It never is, you know, nothing ever is really. Uh, it's not uh, quick, you know. Uh, sometimes you're underappreciated. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you work very unsociable hours as well because people want to see you when they don't have, you know, when they're off work. So you sometimes have to work weekends. Uh, you sometimes you have to work lates or earlies, bank holidays. But in the end, you meet interesting people uh, and you get to help them, which is, you know, I guess it cancels it out, you know. It's self-satisfying. Yes, it is in, in a way, you know, it's... Uh, you spoke about teach, directing people over Zoom due to the lockdown. Yeah. Do you find that works or are people like, no, I just want you to do it? Well, for any of the hands-on stuff, massaging and, you know, sort of stretching them and doing it, you, you can't do that over Zoom, you know. But what you can do is you can teach them to be sort of self-sufficient in a way. So obviously it's better that someone... It's better if I do something, but um, at the end, it's sort of like, well, I may not be able to do it for you, but at least if I can teach you how to do it, it's better off in the long run, you know, so because that then you'll know how to take care of yourself for future reference, you know, as opposed to running. It teaches you sort of self-sufficiency, you know, so it wasn't easy because there's a lot, you know, you had to figure out what you could do, what you couldn't do, but you could advise them on things. You can sort of talk to them about, um, um, you know, do's and don'ts. You know, you can talk to them about how, why they had a certain injury or how it may have come about. Um, and so, yeah, it took away the sort of the manual side of treatments, but I mean, you could still teach them the exercises get you know advise them on what to do what not to do and things like that and yeah it was better than nothing and then it was just a waiting game till we got back to work you know you spoke about your parents and when you went you did physio um, went to physio with them yeah as a child were you an introvert very yeah yes i was a complete introvert so uh, and I still am, actually. So, um, it took a while. I mean, the hardest part was actually getting to sort of learning to sort of be comfortable speaking to people. Because, again, being a, being a therapist is a... It's a people job, you know? So, it's a person's job. It's a, you have to interact with people. You interact with them every day, and you see them at their best or and you see them at their worst and you have to you know for an introvert that can be uh, emotionally exhausting you know so uh, I mean I'm still like I can I'm still an introvert in large crowds and things but I think I've trained myself to to be comfortable in a sort of you know private one-to-one -one setting with people so but yeah I was a complete going back to the childhood I was a complete introvert um, yeah, you know, quite shy, uh, not very, uh, uh, I like to be outgoing and do things, 
but I, I at a certain point like the uh, the crowds would just get too big for your sort of comfort levels let's say introverts don't also don't like attention being put on them so they, you get awkward at birthdays well at your birthdays or you know yeah. your sort of you know with the spotlights on you and things like that. Well, so. you're doing good at the interview. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, one to one, I'm good. But uh, <laughs> you put like, you put another person in this passenger seat. And I, I, I won't talk. Yeah, yeah. I jump out the car. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. What was the route of education you took? You said you're born in Cyprus. Yeah. When did you come to England? Did you come to England to study? Yes, correct. So, my first 18 years were uh, back in Cyprus. Came here for uni. Um, that was in Bournemouth. Then moved to moved to London, get a job, um, and 10 years later, here I am. You know, so it was sort of work, start working for someone else, then start your own practice, then. Uh, I went back to the master's degree here in London, but that was sort of simultaneously to working. And again, it's just one one day at a time, uh, trying to build up your sort of uh, practice, your reputation, your you know your sort of uh, patient base, either word of mouth or you know advertising or. Uh, but you just have to sort of be around, you know. I think that's the thing with businesses. It's it's never overnight success. It's it's one one recommendation here, you know, one phone call there, and yeah, you just have to keep going. What do you do with um? There, there, are there cut, some customers who just constantly want to see you and never really trying to help themselves? Um, how do you handle them? You as a as very good question actually so there with a you always have to sort of ascertain at the beginning what um, what their objectives are so we have to so before we start before I start with anyone we have to figure out we have to get on the same page and sort of say what do you want out of me you know and and likewise, I can sort of tell you how to sort of get there, you know. So most people, for most people, it's pain, right? They come in in pain, whatever the back pain, neck pain, headaches, whatever. And they want the pain gone. Well, sure, okay, we can talk about that. And you say, well, there's different ways to get rid of that pain. So, and we can go through all those options with them. But then it's especially in our world it's about keeping that pain away right so to get rid of pain you normally need someone someone like a professional to help you out with that or some sort of therapy or some sort of medication or whatever it is or a combination right uh, but staying that way or keeping the pain away usually requires at least some form of active care meaning that person now has to sort of turn around and say, right, I have to start taking care of myself, whether it's exercising, whether it's stretching, whether it's posture, you know, 
so we have to sort of look at all those different factors, see see which ones are sort of affecting that person the most, and then um, yeah, sort of if if someone doesn't want to help themselves at the start, you just have to go slow with them, you know. So I, I'm not going to take sort of eighty-year-old uh, Mrs. Miggins and tell her to go to the gym three times a week. She just won't do it, you know. I can can get her off walking, you know. I can get her, you know, uh, going for sort of short walks during the day. So it's it's managing expectations, you know, and finding a sort of middle ground where, okay, they may want me to do everything for them, but at the end of the day, like, let's, let's find something that you can do for yourself and that you're happy to do for yourself, you know. So... I think it's just about sort of troubleshooting and sort of trying to solve that puzzle. That makes sense. Sorry, I'm going to... <laughs> I go off on tangents sometimes. It does. Because, it, 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 again, it's about if someone wants me to do everything for them, I sort of think, why? Why do you want me to do everything? Like, what's stopping you from doing that? You know, so they might come back and say, well, I'm busy at work or I've got kids at home. I've got... Uh, too stressed, too... And he's going to go, okay, but fine, uh, I get that, but let's start trying to, you know, make your, yes, make yourself less busy. I mean, it's no different to any type of sort of... any type of uh, endeavor where you're trying to make yourself better, right? You just got to find ways to fit it in um, yeah, and start, start somewhere, right? You'll make mistakes at the start, or it won't be successful. But if you keep going, eventually you'll you'll get to a point where you can, uh, you know, figure it out. It's like diet, right? So with dieting, you know, loads of them out there, right? And I've, you'll hear every excuse in the book about it. Well, it's about well, uh, oh, I don't have time. Oh, it's not, you know. Oh, it's this. Oh, I get stressed. Oh. It, it's, I can't cook, I can't, you know, I can't buy the stuff. He's like, okay, okay, well, we can start somewhere. Everyone can start somewhere, even if it's eliminating a particular food group. You can start there, right? It doesn't require much effort. Sure, you might fail the first couple of times and give in, but you try again, and you try again, and then you sort of, you, you, you build on that, you know? So... Uh, yeah, that's sort of how I would approach someone who doesn't sort of, you know, who needs everything done for them and things like that. What was the route of education you took? So I'm, so I, st- I started in Cyprus. I was a, um, I did a pre-med course in a university over there. I went to Bournemouth. I did chiropractic in Bournemouth, actually, so I'm a, I'm a chiropractor, you know, so, but it's similar, right, and went to UCL afterwards, and I did sports medicine at UCL at master's level, and I've done a few courses here and there, so I remember I went to, uh, just after uh, my undergrad, I went to Oslo for a year to do a uh, uh, postgraduate training in like extremities, meaning, you know, specializing in like shoulders, elbows, knees, and that sort of stuff. So 
yeah, you get your sort of main degree, but then you're also at the same time uh, uh, sort of learning on the go as well. You're you're always sort of picking up stuff and learning and uh, trying to uh, you know improve your knowledge base, improve your skill set. So yeah, but it's basically undergrad, postgrad, those are the two main ones. You've been a great guest. Couple more questions. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, what's the impact you want to have in the world? Like, if you have a gift, what do you want to share with the world? Uh, what do I want to share with the world? Just that everyone, just to help people, you know, just make people's lives a little bit easier or better, you know. So, I mean, I I work predominantly in the pain world, so. Um, I mean, the way I look at it, if I can take someone's or make someone feel a little bit better or make someone feel a little bit less pain, then, yeah, I think uh, if that makes, you know, that'll obviously make them feel better or sort of add to their quality of life or something like that. So, yeah, I don't like it, it comes down to sort of helping each other, I think. And we all have our different ways of doing it, but if we could all, you know, try and help each other, sort of be a little, you know, make life a little easier or a little better, I think the world would just be a better place. So I'm not going to sit here and be say I can change the whole world or something. I'm not that smart, you know. But <laughs> um, you can you can have an impact on your own little circle, even, you know, and then that's. That to me is really enough, you know. So, the route of education you've done a degree and masters, and that are they both in physiotherapy? Yes, correct. Okay, and did you do A levels? No, I did something. So I went to an American school back in Cyprus. So I I just have a basic American high school diploma. So I went to it was an American system school, high like school. An international school. Yes, exactly. So they don't do A-levels there, they just do, you know, they just have their own American sort of diploma system. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, no A-levels, unfortunately. Or luckily for me, I heard, I heard they're quite hard, those A-levels. Uh, my last question to you is, uh-huh. what would you say to your 16-year-old self? My 16-year-old? <laughs> um, Manage expectations. <laughs> you could say you could say a lot of things to my sixteen-year-old self. Well, but, can't tell us. Then. But uh, well, no. I think the main one is sort of again, uh, no rush, and then life is a, life is a slow sort of uh, gradual improvement sort of process. You know, it, it, nothing happens overnight. Nothing's uh, nothing comes easy. Nothing worth having comes easy. And just be patient with it, one day at a time, you know. I think that's the sort of message I'd give my 16-year-old self. Well, thanks a lot for that, and, and we wish you well. Thank you. It's great to go. It was great. We hope you liked that Taxi Chronicles interview. Don't forget to share and subscribe to get the latest episode. 
Ever considered investing in a continent with the fastest growing economies and population on Earth? The same continent that holds 30% of the world's known natural resources. Listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories, where you hear real investors with real stories from around the world share their experience of investing in Africa. We post Monday and Thursday at 10am British Standard Time.